Live from the studios of KTAR News 92.3 FM, it's the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show with Brian Whitfield. Everything you need to know to grow. Call Brian with your questions at 602-277-5827. That's 602-277-5827. The Whitfield Nursery Garden Show, now on KTAR News 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. There we go. Good morning, Arizona. Julia and I are getting it figured out. Beautiful day out there in a lovely sunny slope here looking out over the mountains with the clouds hanging over the hills. It's going to be warm, but gosh, if we're going to have to have 90 today, why not have cloud cover? You know, it's yesterday while it was warm was uh, had a little cloud cover. Beautiful thing. Probably great if you were out there at one of the spring ball games. But anyway, happy Sunday. Beautiful day out there. A little warmer. Yes, that's good for plants growing. They do like warmer weather. Nighttime temperatures are up a bit as well, so that we do like barbecuing when the nighttime temperatures up a little bit. Anyway, beautiful day out there. Welcome to the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. We can talk about the landscape of your dreams, your nightmares. You can educate us if you're doing something different home, to have a different style, something fun, different, and unique to do. Would love to hear about it. Would love to learn. There's uh, certainly a lot of different types of plants that can be grown here. We have our beautiful Sonoran native deserts. We have uh, traditional plants, uh, you know, in the form of shade trees like ashes and elms and pistachios and you know all of our oak varieties and we can do lots of different pines here in the desert uh combined with lots of tropical things like ficus and jamblin plums and you know then we get to our tropical palm trees like the mule palm and our desert palm trail only native one unfortunately you know california was a state before arizona so they call it a california fan palm but it's our only native palm tree here in arizona and they used to have the variety arizona called Washingtonia, Arizona Cup, but you know, it's kind of the same thing. Anyway, beautiful morning out there. Whatever your dreams, desires in your garden, give us a call. Whether you want to talk about planting vegetables, growing citrus, uh, you know, getting some thinning done on the early uh, fruit trees here pretty soon. And uh, lots to do out in the garden. And it's a great time of year to enjoy this beautiful weather we're having to do so. Looks like we've got a fantastic forecast with possibly some chance of rain this week and even cooler weather. So we've had quite a spring, you know, so far. Uh, I don't know when you consider spring starting here, you know, usually... For many of us Arizonans, it starts in January, but, you know, it kind of moves right along. And uh, we've had kind of roller coaster of weather. We've had a couple frosts in different places, but uh, not a lot of real, you know, long, prolonged heat. So it's really been nice. Uh, get right to our phones. We've got two lines on. We've got three open. The number to call Julia, 602-277-5827, 277-KTAR. It's kind of like fishing here. You know, you got the cane pole in the back just bouncing up and down. So we're going to talk to Jill. Good morning, Jill. Hi. Hi, Jill. How are you? Excellent. Okay. Well, I have a baby tipu tree. We planted it last August, and when it got planted, it was full of leaves, and at this point, it's dropped a lot of its leaves, so I was wondering if it's in distress or if it does that in the winter. It can do that in the winter, and you know what? It's a young guy, so it's more susceptible to cold weather and dropping its leaves, and that's that's pretty normal for it. 
spring is on the way. Okay, with the warm weather we're going to have this week. And once it gets to where it stays in the 80s and 90s, it'll leaf right out and grow like crazy. Uh, Jill, now would be an excellent time to give it a light dose of fertilizer. You don't want to give it okay. too much if it's a young guy, but uh, a light dose would be perfect right now and have something to wake up with. Okay, and one more question. It it looks like it hasn't been pruned. It has branches all the way down. Should I cut the lower branches or wait till it gets a little bigger? Well, Jill, it really depends on how you want to shape it. Is it staked right now? Yes. Okay. So what you'd want to do is you'd want to loosen up the stakes, put two stakes on it instead of one. Okay. Let it move back and forth. You know, it's your young and it needs some exercise. It needs to go out to the sports field and run around and play a little bit. And it's going to do that by having room to move back and forth in the trunk. So put in two stakes, stake it very loosely. Now is a great time to do so. Do you want to train it into a tree that you can walk under or what's your goal? You want to grow multiple trunks? Yeah. Or? Okay. So yeah. if you want to train it up right to, to walk under, what you do is put a stake on each side about two foot away from the trunk. You know, tie those very loosely so the tree can move back and forth a foot or so. It's just kind of a guidance to catch it. If you want any stake right on the trunk, you could use like a real thin bamboo, like a quarter inch bamboo. Something just to give it a little bit of rigidity, but something where it can still move. And then what I would do is where the side branches come off now, don't cut them all the way back to the trunk in the wood. Cut them and leave them like little stubs that are out about an inch or so with a few leaves on them and that way they'll shade and protect the tree as it's young and and as it grows up and gets bigger and bigger canopy then they'll naturally kind of shed off or you can prune them a couple years down the road perfect thank you so much well jill have fun with your little tipu and spring is on the way i'm sure it'll be happy thank you bye-bye uh tom out in gilbert good morning tom good morning it is a beautiful day in arizona it is, and especially right here in Sunny Slope. You know what's so fun about the studio here is I can look out at the mountain I used to climb on every day. <laughs> well, it gives you a chance to sit down and rest for a bit with all the areas you got to cover. Well, that's true. Hey, uh, somewhere when we bought our lemon tree from you, you said don't water it during the, <clears throat> during the uh, blooming time. How, how long should a guy wait before he boils? Well, here's the thing, Tom, about lemon trees, especially compared to other citrus. The blooming time on a lemon tree can be from now, and it could have even happened back in January. And it might last till April, so you're going to have to water it anyway. I really wouldn't be overly concerned about how often you water a citrus when it's blooming. Just keep it on a regular cycle so you don't want to super soak it or super saturate it. But on the other hand, it's going to have to be on a regular cycle anyway. And on a young lemon, you know, in Gilbert, if you have heavy clay soil, that's probably watering it once every two weeks. Okay. All righty. Thank you. Have, have a good day. You too, Tom. Bye-bye. Hey, next up, we've got John out in Sun City. But after John, we've got wide open phones. We have Julia back here smiling on the phones and the music. A number to call, 602-277-5827, 277-KTAR. Good morning, John. Good morning, sir. Hey, a couple quick questions for you. I have a uh, citrus tree, a grapefruit, big, large thing. It's in great shape. Blooming, but when do I do major pruning? Yeah, last last month, or if you're going to do it, uh, you can do it right now. So you know oh. now now is really the time to prune it. You're knock a lot of the fruit off it and, and reduce the crop, but that's fine. But what you do have to be mindful of, John, if you're going to prune it back far enough to expose the major wood to the sun, you're going to want to paint, yes. paint that wood. And if you're making cuts over about three inches, you probably want to seal those cuts. 
Gotcha. Okay. One more question about uh, an okatia, large mm-hmm. mature okatia. Do they? What does it require to you know maintain itself and be a healthy okatia for a long time? You walk by and say hi to it about once a month and be fine. Okay, you know, well, really, they, they, they don't require much, John, and especially out in Sun City where you have caliche down below and you have clay on top. Do you have any other plants on drip anywhere around it at all? Um, no, it is close to a, a common uh, grass area that does okay. get uh, well, it, it's got it's well. got plenty of water then. So really, John, okay. it won't need any care at all, and uh, probably look better for the you know the negligence than it would with too much care. If you want to thin it and open it up or change its shape, you know, some you can, and and the way to do that is remove the can, entire cane all the way down to the ground. But aside from that, they really don't require much of anything. Okay, I'll leave it alone. Thank you so much, sir. I appreciate the information. Thanks, John. Have a nice weekend. Bye-bye. You too. Bye-bye. Well, it looks like time. We're going to have to take a brief uh, break here. In the meantime, we have wide open phones. We have Julia back here smiling. The number to call, 602-277-5827. We've got John Roller over there working on the news for us. Uh, and it's John and Julia and Brian here every Sunday morning from 7 to 9 with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show on 92.3 FM KTAR. Give Julia a break during the break. Give her a call. Welcome back, folks, to this beautiful Sunday morning. We had to play a little Fifth Dimension. I haven't heard that song in a while. Anyway, beautiful day out there. We've got three lines open. We've got Julia here smiling. The number to call, 602-277-5827-277. KTAR, Judy in North Phoenix, good morning. Oh, good morning, Brian. Thank you for taking my call. How are you this morning, Judy? Oh, I'm good. The sun has come up and the hummingbirds are out and about. So what's up today? Well, I've got the Tacoma Bells of Fire, not the yellow bells, but it's sort of the same thing, orange. And last year, I know everybody had the problem with those little worms and and their droppings, and, and I got that fixed with the BT. But now all the new growth on the bush, it's about five feet tall, they're coming out real skinny. I don't know. Is it powdery mildew? It almost looks like they're frosted, and they get real skinny, and the leaves fold up. They could they could have a little powdery mildew. They could have a little bit of thrip damage. But what's nice is 100 degrees fixes all those things. 
Oh, it does? Yeah, it's going to be hot enough. It's going to fix all those kinds of issues. The thrips cycle in and out, but then they have predators that feed on them. And so really that plant doesn't need any you know help except for sometimes in the fall with the caterpillars. Yeah, um, I have some neem oil, and I sprayed it with that yesterday, but I don't see any results, really. But, yeah, it's sort of whitish, and it's just they just look frosted, and they fold up. Well, and all, but, all it takes is a little bit of heat, you know, and we get some weather. <laughs> I mean, that's why we grow millions of roses here in Arizona. We fight the mildew and stuff a little bit in the wintertime, but everywhere else on the planet has to fight it all the time. And here in the desert with our heat, you know, it's going to clean up all those problems as soon as it's 100 degrees. Oh, wonderful. Well, thank you, Brian. Sure appreciate your show. You're welcome, Judy. And we know that 100 degrees is coming, whether we like it or not. (laughs) Absolutely. Have a good day. Bye-bye. Susan in Glendale. Good morning, Susan. Good morning, Brian. I have a couple questions for you. First of all, talking about neem and uh, mildew, um, I have some cabbage plants and cauliflower. I've had cabbage yet, but the cauliflower is full of little aphids. What can I do with that? Uh, you could you could spray them with with a light oil if you want to. Um, you can wait till it stays three days over ninety five, which will kill them. Or you know you could treat treat them instantly with some malathion and probably kill them that way. Is that natural? Well, no, malathion's not actually natural, but some uh, strong, some stronger chemicals are, but it's the safest. I just want to see as organic as possible. Well, then just leave them alone, and uh, they add a little extra protein on your salad. Ew, okay. <laughs> or, or it's going to be, you know, one of these days, pretty soon, we'll have three days over 95, it'll kill them. Okay, a couple more questions. Um, I bought a lime tree years ago, and we had a storm last year, and it actually blew over and there were no roots. Is that root rot or is that termites? Probably a gopher. Oh, never seen a gopher in my yard, but really? okay. I mean, um, if the roots are all completely gone, it could be some kind of a root rot and some kind of a fungus could kill the roots. You okay. know, another, another idea for your for your produce, though, choose safer soap. Works pretty well. It suff- suffocates aphids. Then you just have to wash it off when you harvest. But the safer soap would probably be your best way to, to get rid of it. How do you sell that? I say F-E-R? Yeah, uh-huh. Yeah, and, and where do you and, buy that at? Well, you can buy it at any nursery or garden center. Or I'll tell you what, okay. you could use a little bit of like Dawn dish soap. And so okay. it'll work the same way. But um, at any rate, uh, you know, as far as a tree falling over with no roots, you know, usually it's it's some kind of a critter that's eating the roots off it. But it could be that it rotted and died from a fungus. But usually you would see the tree collapse completely on the top from the fungus. And if it was still lifelike and had, you know, foliage on it and it fell over, it was probably a gopher. Hey, I have one more question. Um, I just found another little lime tree, the one at Costco, and it's got a lot of buds on it right now. Um, I was told that you should take those buds off and not let it go to fruit the first year. Well, I, I grow, I grow. You know, last time I planted younger trees, I planted twenty two hundred of them. We certainly didn't go around taking the buds off any of them. Uh, if you're buying a lime tree, though, make sure you get a, a thorny, a thorny Mexican lime. Don't plant a. Okay. Uh, don't plant a bear's lime, and don't plant a, th- oh. a don't plant a thornless uh, Mexican lime. Bear's limes only last typically here about four or five years. And That's probably what I have in the backyard to begin with. So I yeah. think I might be digging that up and taking it back because it is a bear's lime. Yeah, you'd want you'd want to plant a Mexican lime. Mexican thorn. Well, Mexican or key lime, it's a thorny one with with thorns on it. There's thornless ones too. <laughs> 
And the thornless okay. Mexican limes don't have much fruit. And the bear's limes usually only live about five years. So if you want to plant a lime tree here, plant a, a thorny Mexican lime, you'll have wonderful limes. You can call them key limes, Mexican limes, but same thing. They're the smaller limes, and they're very prolific. Sounds great. Well, I guess I'll be busy the year store tomorrow, then. All righty. Thanks, Susan. Bye-bye. Thanks a lot, Brian. Bye. Uh, next up, we've got David and Goodyear. But after David, we got open lines again. Hey, it's it's early. It's the time to get on the program. The number to call for Julia is 602-277-5827. Good morning, David and Goodyear. How are you doing? Excellent, sir. Good, good. I have a navel orange tree, which grew very, very large oranges this year. looked fabulous. And uh, come to harvest them, they were dry. We had to throw most of them away. Well, I got worse news than that for you, David. It's on the wrong rootstock. It's on the wrong rootstock. Yeah, so that tree is going to be a beautiful shade tree. It's going to produce beautiful navel oranges, and they're best but, used to throw at your grandkids. Yeah. I mean, but it has raised very juicy oranges. It has in the past? It has in the past, Well, yeah. so, sometimes then what happens with, with navel oranges, if you leave them on the tree too long, they'll get puffier and, and drier. You know, navels, uh, and this year they were ripening very late because we had the warm weather in November. So navels that would have normally been pretty sweet and juicy, you know, mid to late December, you know, ours in the grove didn't ripen and really get, you know, high quality till the first week of January. You know, so you're saying they could have been juicy, but at this point they are dry. Well, at this point, yeah, and if you you know, this point, even we even left you know about four truckloads of navels in the field this year because they weren't good enough quality to uh-huh. uh, you know to get out of the field. We you know we donated okay. a lot of them to the food bank. Okay, uh, another uh, lady just uh, a little bit ago talked about her uh, uh, yellow bell with. Uh, brown tips on the leaves and stuff around the edges of the leaves. Is that over water? Well, if it's brown tips around the edge of the leaves, it could be too much fertilizer. Too much fertilizer. Yeah, okay. Really, a yellow bell is it's established, one that's been in a couple of years this time of year. If you're watering it once every two weeks, that's plenty. That's all the water needs. You know, they're native, well, to southern Arizona and Baja, and then they've been hybridized, and, and that's where you get the little sparkies and the different varieties. But, you know, just in general, Tacoma stands or yellow bells, you know, grow naturally in areas where they get like monsoon rains, and that's kind of about it, you know? So, a little bit higher elevation, a little rainier here than the valley, but not much. And uh, so that being said, they like to be on the dry side and they love the heat. You know, the hotter it is, the happier they are. Mm. The uh, last thing is my grapefruit tree raised very good uh, pink grapefruit this year, but the leaves were uh, a little thin. It looked like the tree was stressed, but now with the the new blossom and the new leaves come out, it looks good. Well, you know, kind of, kind of the key on citrus is just consistency, David. You know, you need to water them probably if they're big trees every couple weeks. If they're young trees, you might water them once a week in the heat of the summer. And, uh, you know, it's the perfect time. If you haven't fed them, go ahead and feed them lightly. And you can feed them if you want them to grow fastest. You can feed them as frequently as once a month. You know, just keep a regular course of fertilizer going. But uh, th- those things all work well. And uh, the other most important thing with the citrus is leaving the canopy down low to the ground, but, you know, if your navels are not good now, and had they been good, you know, back in January, it might be you just left them on the tree too long. They do get puffy on the ends. They'll get dry on the top. The sugar content will be 
pretty decent. If you take and cut that navel down in the bottom quarter and see that it still tastes pretty good, has you know some sugar to it, even though it's not going to have much juice, you just didn't harvest them early enough. Okay. Okay. Thank you very much. All right. Thanks, David. Bye-bye. Well, next up, we got Mr. Randy and Tempe. After Randy, we've got three open lines. The number call 602-277-5827-277-KTAR. Good morning, Randy. Hey, good morning. I have a irrigated maybe three-quarters of an acre pasture that is slowly being overtaken by clover. It's a little three-leafed clover, mm-hmm. and it's literally choking out the Bermuda in the pasture, and it doubles every year. I just leave it. It's too much to spot spray. Well, it's it's probably not. And what you could do? Do you mow your pasture, Randy? Oh yeah. If you can, if you can mow it short, do you have animals in there or not? Just chickens. Just chickens. <laughs> well, those free range chickens, they like clover. You know. <laughs> yeah. Well, they're, they're, I'd have to have a hundred of them. <laughs> well, all it takes is one rooster and one hen. You'll have a hundred by the end of the year. <laughs> <laughs> no roosters, but I mean, this, it, and it's establishing itself all around the pasture, and soon it'll just be all this clover. And but, I, it, but, is it, but is it still pretty established? It doesn't die out in the wintertime and then come back? I mean, the summertime and then nope. come back in the winter? No. It's just staying it's at, evergreen. Is it evergreen? I'm not sure what it is. Yeah. I'll tell you what. Take a picture and send it into our website, if you would, Randy, and I can get it ID'd for you, because really, most of our oxalis that you see is a clover that gets in pastures. You know, normally it dies out in the heat of the summer. And Bermuda grass, when it's really happy and healthy, will, will choke out almost everything else. So mowing your Bermuda grass a little more regularly and, and really kind of caring for it more than we normally do, as in going through and aerating it all one time. And uh, you'd really want to do that when it's a little hotter, like in April, and uh, and go ahead and fertilize it all after you aerate it. And typically, you know, good, healthy Bermuda grass will choke out almost everything else. Huh, no, and well, I can't really aerate it. It costs a fortune, like I said. It's well, about you, you three could, quarters you, of an acre. Yeah, but you can rent one of those aerator machines and just go through and just you know, or if yeah. you have a guy with All a tractor, right, either one. But it will help to I'll aerate it if it's you know where are you, where are you located in Tempe? What cross streets? South Tempe, southeast Tempe. So you've got pretty heavy clay soil. I'll send a picture to the website, and maybe you guys can identify it. We'll see what we can do, Randy. Thanks for the call. All right, thanks. Bye bye. And it looks like John Roller slipped in. That Good morning, sir. The news. Hi, John. Well, your U of A Wildcats, they gave it a good run, but uh, not this year. You know, I was looking at it, John. You, you know, you, you look at an athlete that's been training their whole life, and they've made this shot a hundred times, you know, and it happens mm-hmm. to the women and the men. And the, the, the difference in making four or five shots in a basketball game. And I, I feel for those young people. It's tough to lose. <laughs> it's, tough, it's tough to lose, but I'll tell you what they had. A, they have amazing talent, and they and they. Play. Yeah, they're young. They'll be back. Well, what's up? Well, let's take a look at the news. I am a lineman for the county.
This beautiful Sunday morning. Well, looks like we have a couple lines still available. You can give Jen, give uh, Miss Julia a call at 602-277-5827. 277-KTAR. Uh, let's see. Next up, we've got Joe and Mesa. Morning, Joe. Hi. Hi. Um, hi. I, I, I have two, uh, two uh, mosquito plants that I planted. Uh, the only reason I'm calling is because I planted the last year. Uh, in in uh, April, and they didn't make it to the sun in uh, August. They they burned on me, even though I watered them a lot. Uh, so I went out and I bought two more, and I planted them this time in October. And now they blossomed out, and they they really fold out. But I'm I'm afraid that it's going to happen again. So how how can well, Joe, I what kind make of, sure what they kind, don't what burn? Kind, what kind of plants are these? These are mosquito plants. Mosquito plants. They're, uh, um, unfortunately, I don't have the the, uh, the, the right name for so them. But you're, they're, you're looking at something. Yeah, I'm not exactly sure what you're talking about as mosquito plants. But, um, you know, and there's a lot of different things that somewhat can re- repel. It may be a lavender. That purple flowers? Uh, yeah, it's like it's like a, yeah, like a little little purple flowers okay, so that there's come a lot, out of them. And, and they smell... Pretty they strong. smell. Okay, uh, yeah. They, so it's probably a lavender variety. Most lavender varieties are going to do best here, you know, on like an east or southern exposure. So they like a fair bit of sun. Yeah. Okay. They don't want the west side of a wall. That's going to be hard on them. Uh, around the plants, you know, if you have all rock there and you get a lot of reflected heat, you're going to have to water them extra. And uh, depending on the variety of lavender you have, uh, they're going to probably be want to be watered about twice a week in the summertime. Okay. Uh, I, now I have a I have a drip system. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, do do I do I also water them on the top uh, occasionally? Well, you can, but like, you know, like a drip, a drip. Well, you wouldn't necessarily have to. Now, a drip system, how it's set up to run here best, okay, is we're going to run it probably no more often than twice a week, and we're only running twice a week because your plants are newer. But you want to run it twice a week, and you want to put on at least two or three gallons of water at a time. So you have to go out and see what size emitters you have, whether they put out one gallon an hour, two gallons, or ten. There's all different kinds. You can check that by putting okay. them into a jar and see how long it takes to fill up a quart jar, and then just do the math. But you want to put at least two gallons on them and probably twice a week. Okay. All right. Thanks, Joe. Okay. Bye-bye. All right. Thank you. Uh, Jenny in Scottsdale. Good morning, Jenny. And good morning to you. Thank you for calling and for taking my call. I have, we we have two uh, mesquite trees. I had, they had, were very overgrown, had them trimmed down really well last year, maybe about, I think June, early July. they, uh, um, one of them is doing really well. We, we really cut them down quite a bit. 
Um, but one of them is one is doing really well. The other one is not as the branches that are on there now are not quite as green as they normally would. And I'm wondering if one perhaps they got cut, they got trimmed down a little too much, or maybe the the uh, wrong time of the of the year. Well, Jenny, and that, what can I do? That would have been a little late to prune them. It'd be better off to prune them right after they flower, so like in May. But mm. uh, you know that's all been done now, so we're not going to be too concerned with that. You know, typically mesquites are going to recover with the heat, and it's not unnatural for our native mesquites to die back in drought times and come back anyway. So they should. Come back out fine. It's just now time for mesquites to wake up. What I would do is fertilize them now and deep water them about once a week and then stand back. I think you'll see that as it warms up and we get to the 90s and then 100, uh, they'll come back very fast. They'll return with their vigor and color and be quite happy again. So they're happier in the, with the heat compared like to the cold. Absolutely. I see. And this is and the time of year when they're fairly bare sometimes anyway. And we did have some freezes around, so we've had enough frost to make some of the varieties of mesquites fairly naked uh, this time of year. What type of fertilizer would you recommend? Well, they can't read. I would recommend the type you have, as long as it's not weed and feed. So you could use uh, 21714 lawn fertilizer, citrus food, 202020, 10-10-10, miracle Grow, super bloom. It won't matter. The most important thing for mesquites and young trees or trees to really come back out is the first number on there. That's the nitrogen. And as uh-huh. long as it's got some nitrogen, they're going to kick out and grow anyway. Okay. And I have, we have two, we have two, we have them on a, uh, sprink, on a timer sprinkler with two heads, two heads on it to like two gallons per hour, three times a week. Should okay. I leave? Is well, it that's good? not, that's not a good way to water a big mesquite, Jenny. Uh, okay. you'd be better off running them once every two weeks. Okay. Okay. How large in diameter are the trunks? Oh, it's, uh, probably about eight, about Ooh, I would say it's got two big arms, but I would say about about ten inches. It's okay, just, size probably of, about size thirty of years old. Yeah, so size of so that tree you'd be better off watering it once a month, okay, and turning that drip on and running it twenty four hours. Got it. Okay, and so, citrus trees. Mm-hmm. I we have sprinklers on them. Is it better to keep it a sprinkler three times a week or to no. just deep water them maybe once a month? Well, this time of year we're gonna get, we're gonna change from once a month to once every two weeks on our citrus. So, really, with the citrus, and you could have the the mesquites on the same system. Once every two weeks is plenty often, but we want to get the water down deep. And here's the thing, Jenny, is it doesn't make much difference for the mesquites, but for the citrus, our water has a lot of salt in it. So we're trying to push that away and down in the roots and push that away from the trees. So you want to water fairly close to the trunk and let the water sub and move away from the tree and you want to water for a long time. You know, a big citrus tree is going to need, when you water it, you know, at least 100, 150 gallons of water. And if it's a big old tree, that's once every two weeks right now. Okay, got it. Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. Thanks, Jenny. Bye-bye. Uh, Dennis and Chandler's up next after Dennis. We've got some open lines. The number to call, 602-277-5827, 277-KTDR. Give Julia a call. Good morning, Dennis. Oh, good morning. Thanks for taking my call. Yeah, I have a question about uh, zucchini plants. I have some zucchini plants that are doing really well. They're blooming, but I'm not getting them to set fruit. They did earlier in March, but now they're... A lot of blooms out, but they're not sitting. Have, have you seen many bees, Dennis? 
Um, I have bees in the yard. I have bees on the uh, the fairy dusters and stuff. So mm-hmm. there's bees in the yard, and the the blooms themselves have ants in them. So uh, something's. I think they're getting pollinated. Well, yeah, as long as they're getting pollinated, they should be fine. The ants are probably up eating the aphids right now. Um, you know, this is kind of aphid weather, so the ants are probably up feeding on the aphids, so that shouldn't be hurting anything. Yeah, I haven't seen those. I know what those look like. Yeah. Well, that's because you got the answer. I, you know, I think it's probably more just climatic. You know, our, our weather's been going in these waves and cycles, and you might find that, you know, the, the flowers are out right now with the warmer weather through the weekend. Maybe you get pollinized and settle a bit better. You know, then we're going to cool off next week. But, you know, our weather has been cycling a lot, but it's great, you know, zucchini growing weather. So I, I, I think right, you probably yeah, getting... find it just a cycle, just with the weather that's caused a difference. How sensitive are they to amount of sunlight they get? They like sun. I mean, they'll they'll grow best in full sun. Okay. You know, if they're real shaded, right. they, but if the plant's growing well or if it's flowering, you have enough sun. Okay, thank you very much. Thanks. That sounds good. Bye bye. Uh, let's see. We're going to take a short break. While we're gone, we have wide open phones. Julia back here smiling. Give her a call. The number to call is 602-277-5827, 277-KTR. It's Julia and Brian here every Sunday morning from 7 to 9 with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show on 92.3 FM KTAR. Sunday morning. I'd like to take a minute and invite you out to Whitfields. You know, Whitfields, we grow trees, starting with my grandparents back in the 40s, continuing today for four generations. If you need trees, any kind, any size, from 15 gallons to big 72-inch box, from beautiful date palms to maybe you're looking for a tropical look like a mule palm, or Maybe not palms at all. We want a big ironwood, mesquite, palo verde, or grow a little citrus orchard. Come out and see us. We deliver a plant and guarantee we're licensed, bonded, insured. No jobs too big, none's too small. If you need a 1,000 beautiful lemon trees for a project, we've got them. If you're looking for 100 palm trees, or if you're just looking for the lemon tree for mom, we go right here in Arizona. Our original store is at 824 East Glendale Avenue. We're in the East Valley at Cooper, which is the same as Stapley in Guadalupe, or 26470 Southern Avenue. Southern Avenue, straight south of the Sky Harbor Airport. Woodfield Nursery for four generations growing trees here for Arizona's future. Uh, let's see. Next up, we have uh, Mr. Rob, then Mike, and then it can be you. The number to call is 602-277-5827, 277-KTAR. Good morning, Rob. 
Good morning, Brian. I have a question in regards to my good-looking winter ryegrass. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got a lot of weeds in there, and I'm wondering if I should spray it before I let it go, before I kill it. Will the weeds die when the when the um, winter ryegrass dies? Most of the weeds you're seeing now, uh, Rob, probably are winter weeds, and when you scalp it down and kill it, it'll, it'll you know they'll go away. Uh, you'll get spurge and different things that come out in the summertime. If you're concerned, what you would do is while it's scalped after you kill, kill the ryegrass, then you can put yeah. down a pre-emergent so we don't get the summer weeds germinating. They're not going to germinate much underneath a good dense uh, better, you know ryegrass right now. And the real key is to having a nice summer lawn is to, uh, you know, removing the uh, winter lawn in a timely fashion. So the best time to do that is once the weather is going to stay about 90, and you can see that's where the weather is going to be, usually somewhere mid-April or so, uh, what you would do, shut the water off the ryegrass for two weeks. Don't mow it. Right. Let it get tall and stressed and come back and scalp it. And then if you're concerned about the summer weeds, put a pre-emergent down with some fertilizer at that time. And if I go ahead and uh, overseed in October, will that pre-emergent cause any problem with germination in October? No, no. most pre-emergents are going to last uh, less than ninety days, and, and oh, usually great. they're they're most effective when they're first you know put in. So that way, if you put it in, you're going to stop the summer things. And then you know if you don't want to have the weeds next year after your winter lawn's established, you know you can put down yes. the pre-emergent on it in the fall as well. Oh, no kidding. Even while the uh, grass is growing, just put it over the yeah, top well, of the grass. Once, you know, say if you plant it, and you can plant as early as you like on, on ryegrass, but really September is kind of a good time to get started towards the end of September so that your Bermuda grass can finish its season. And so what you do yeah. is you scalp it, put down your, your ryegrass, you know, get it well established, grow oh. it for about a month, and then at that time you could put down a pre-emergent. Excellent. Thank you for your help. I appreciate Thanks, it. Thanks, Rob. Bye-bye. Uh, let's see. Next, we got Mike in Phoenix. But after Mike, we have all these open lines. And poor little Julia, she's uh, she's looking kind of like she's un- unloved back there. You need to give her a call. <laughs> her number six zero two two seven seven five eight two seven. Good morning, Mike. Hello. How are you? Excellent, sir. Um, real quick question. Real simple. We have a rosemary bush. It's beautiful. It's at least twenty years old. Uh, probably about eight foot in diameter, and it's flourishing like it does every spring. Uh, you know, luscious green. But the weird part is the dome, the top part of it. It just looks like it's dying. Uh, it's yellow. I don't know what to do. Well, you know, it's probably run most of its course. You know, it might be time to think about changing it. It gets kind of hard when they get that big and they've been an old friend for a long time. But, you know, not many dogs last over 20 years. And Rosemary, about 20, 25 years is kind of the time to maybe say goodbye to the old friend and plan a new one. Okay. We were afraid that maybe it was just at the end of its life cycle and... Well, you know, ro- we rosemaries can live longer than that, you know, and you could you could do everything you can. I mean, you could fertilize it, which you probably never had to do before in its natural life. You might hit it with something that's going to make the ground more acidic, like some soil sulfur or gypsum, you know, and get that washed in around through the root system of the plant. It's certainly not going to hurt it. And then give it a shot of like a medium fertilizer, like a citrus food or something, and it, it probably okay. resuscitate and come back, but... You know, as the twenty-year-old pooch, you know it's probably about time. Okay, uh, but a, a, 
just a mild citrus will work. Uh, last ditch effort. Yeah, no, that that would work well. And in, in, in doing something to make the soil a little more acidic, like leaching it out, even putting a hose in there and running it for a day or so, just slow yeah. and leaching the salts away from it. You know, it's things that we never think about with the rosemary because they're so hardy, and, and things that we might do. Yeah. With another, you know, if we were treating a rose bush, we'd certainly treat it better. Um, but yeah, you could do those things and probably be helpful for the plant. Okay, I'll, I'll go for it. I'll fertilize and water it and, and see where we are in a, in a month. All right, good luck, Michael. Thank you. Bye-bye. Uh, let's see, next up we have uh, Jessica and Waddell. Hi, Jessica. Jessica, I'm going to put you on hold because you're listening on the air, and I'll come back to you next. Dennis and Glendale, good morning. Good morning, Brian. Um, I, how should I approach a lawn that... It has very little grass, but mostly all weeds, and, a, and I want a good summer lawn. Uh, it, how do, how do, where do I start? Well, how do you, how do you water it, uh, Dennis? Um, Ten minutes, uh, twice a week right now. So you've got an irrigation system on there? Uh, uh, no, yeah, just regular, regular, regular sprinklers, yeah. Yeah, so you've got a regular irrigation system installed. Um, so, yeah, what you'd want to do if you want to get it as best, it'd be something to do to kind of build it back up. Is there any Bermuda grass there now? Oh, uh, yes. Yes, okay. there is some. Um, you know, one that you could use a fertilizer that kind of builds the soil more. If you went through an aerated it right now, okay, so you could rent one of these plug machines and uh-huh. those little plugs, and then you could hit it with some gypsum, okay, and gypsum's just going to help it perk and drain a little bit better. And then after that, for the fertilizer, if you use something like malarganite that kind of builds the soil and lasts longer, uh-huh. and, uh, you might even throw out some more Bermuda grass seed once the nighttime hits about 65 degrees. And, uh, you know, twice a week is plenty of water. Make sure when you're watering it, though, you're putting about an inch of water on at a time. So put a capturing device out there so you can monitor your sprinklers and see what they're okay. is. And after you put that inch of water on, unless you're reseeding, uh, you can take a screwdriver and stick it in the ground and, and go, you know, water again when it's fairly dry. Let it get dry at least the top half inch or inch in between irrigations. So you might not have to water twice a week. But uh, with the heat and, uh, you know, a little care, this time of year is a great time to really work on Bermuda grass lawns. And uh, the hotter, the happier. So, you know, you're kind of in the, on the verge of just starting. And next week looks like it's going to be cool. Maybe the week after next would be the time to, to really go to work. Okay. Uh, how do I get rid of all those weeds? Though? I don't know. Well, the, the easiest way, Dennis, is to come through and mow it short, scalp it, and roll in some brand new uh, sod. You know, you can brand new uh, sod. You can just lay a brand okay. new lawn on there. You know, and if that is, if you, if you just want to go for for the total complete, you know, nice new look. And if you take a sod cutter and you roll up like the top inch of soil with the old grass and weeds and everything, and you uh-huh. take that way, you're taking away all the seeds. You lay a brand new sod in there, and boom! Within about two or three weeks, you have the prettiest lawn in the neighborhood. Well, that's for sure. So if it it's worth you know, and if you don't want to do the work, the sod companies could make recommendations of guys that will come out and lay it for you. All right, real good. All right, thanks, Dennis. Thanks, Brian. Bye bye. Uh, let's see. Next up, Elisa and AJ. Good morning. Hi, Brian. Hi. Um, I was wondering if you'd have different advice for the mosquito plant if you knew that it was a geranium. Yes, I probably would. So if it's like a scent of geranium, it's not going to make it in the summertime. You know, you need to take it right, and vacation the, to press it, you know? Well, the gentleman that called, I had bought the what I thought was lemon geranium, but they sell it as the mosquito plant. Okay. 
And one summer, I did get it through. It looked like crap. And in the winter and fall, yeah, it looked you beautiful. Can, you, can put, with little... you can put it on a pot, you know, like any geranium. And, uh, you know, not many geraniums are going to make it here through the summer, though some do. You know, and if you keep it on a container like on an eastern patio or something like that where it gets a little morning sun, afternoon shade, then it'll do fine. But it's, uh, And it's, inside. Yeah, and you can do them inside, just, but... It's 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 easier to give well, them away to somebody that's going north up to Prescott or Payson or somewhere. No, I agree. I'm not going to try those geraniums again, but they are beautiful. And I did see a gal growing one inside of a shop here in AJ, and they looked pretty beautiful. Oh, we could keep and them in a greenhouse and care. do different things with them. But for the average gardener outside, they'd be pretty rough. Thanks for the call, Lisa. But, Jessica Waddell, I wanted to try and catch you before the end of the hour here. Hey, hi. Um, sorry about that. Um, I have a question about growing an avocado tree. You know what, um, Jessica? I'm going decent- to. I'll take you off the air, but just for general, for everybody else, I certainly don't recommend avocados here. Jessica, I will take your call off the air, and uh, we're going to come back next hour with Charlie and Mike. If you'd be like to be after Charlie and Mike, give Julia a call during the break. The number to call six zero two two seven seven five eight two seven two seven seven KTAR.